Hi, you're listening to Dancing Dog Blog. This is Mary Haight, your host. And back with us today is Dr. April Steele, Partners for Healthy Pets spokesperson. She's the Director of Pet Aid Colorado, Secretary at Dumb Friends League, and all kinds of other things, including the owner of uh, Tender Touch Animal Hospital in Denver. Most of you know we can catch diseases from our pets, but we're not always sure which are zoonotic diseases, the kind that jump from animals to humans, or what causes these problems in the first place. And then what can we give to our pets? Since there's been an increase in the number of zoonotic diseases, and given the recent Ebola outbreak, we've asked Dr. April Steele back to talk about what diseases you can and can't catch from your pets. Welcome back, Dr. April. Thanks for having me, Mary. Wow. There's been questions about, uh, can you get Ebola from your pets? No. <laughs> you know, anytime there's a scary disease out there, I think that's one thing people limit their exposure. With. And knowing the difference between an infectious disease and a zoonotic disease is key. So infectious diseases are diseases spread between the same species, and zoonotic diseases are diseases um, spread from one species to and especially to people. So um, Ebola is an infectious disease between people, but it's not a zoonotic disease. So then, well, where do we start with this? Well, I think it's important to realize what diseases are common in um, dogs that can be spread to people um, since we talk about dogs mainly and um, how we can limit that exposure um, because we want to live safely with our pets and we don't want to have to fear them, of course. Also, healthy dogs mean healthy people. And by keeping your dog healthy, you are really limiting your risk of getting any diseases. A perfect example is rabies. We all know about rabies. Different parts of the country have different incidents of rabies and have different levels of fear of rabies. You know, I live in Colorado where we haven't had much rabies and people are pretty lackadaisical about it. And this last year, we suddenly started seeing some rabies and now it's a huge fear that we're seeing in our population. And, you know, rabies is spread by bite wounds directly contact um, between any mammal and so you have to have a reservoir of rabies and in our country often that's uh, skunks um, raccoons bats are very common and uh, that reservoir is what the dogs actually get in contact with it's much more common for a dog to run through the bushes and have an interaction with a raccoon um, than it is for most people that I know at least <laughs> to do that um, and so they're actually that connection um, potential connection between rabies I mean there are direct interactions and we always hear about that but our dogs are really a potential um, method via which rabies could get from the wildlife population to um, our human population. But the good news is rabies has a very, very effective vaccine. And by vaccinating pets for rabies, um, you are creating a buffer between you and that wildlife. So again, having your, your dog vaccinated for rabies is not only going to prevent the disease in your dog, but it's pretty good for you too. Okay, what about, you know, people bring new puppies into their homes all the time mm -hmm. and there's you know this issue with brucella canis i guess it's called brucellosis is what most of mm -hmm. us talk about right um uh, how does that originate yeah so brucellosis is found in um 
secretions from animals, as gross as that sounds. So um, we often, well, we don't see it that often. It is a reportable disease, and it can actually cause um, sterility in humans. So we really want to be very aware of this disease. Um, luckily, it's not super common. Um, it would need to create um, direct contact between the excretions of an animal and a wound or a sore in a person. So um, as, as gross as this sounds, I think the most significant thing to watch for with that would be a penile discharge in a dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, male dogs tend to be the ones that we see this in more often. And um, if it, you see your dog with penile discharge, it's really important, not only for your dog's comfort, but for you to get that dog looked at and, and have it checked out to make sure there's no brucella there. It's a very easy thing to test for, but you don't want to uh, get it in a wound. And I know that sounds horrible, but it happens. Mm-hmm. With... Um, Puppies, you know, it's always such a fun time to bring a puppy in the household, and it's it's great. And those puppies poop everywhere. And, yeah. <laughs> and so that's my biggest concern as far as zoonotic disease and puppies is concerned. Um, a lot of things can be spread in the stool of puppies, cryptosporidium, salmonella, and really importantly, roundworm or toxicara. And um, roundworm's a big deal because roundworm can cause blindness in children. And that's a lifelong blindness. Mm. It's usually a big deal. It's usually a problem more than when they defecate in the house is if a dog um, defecates outside in soil and then that that stool has time to have that roundworm become infectious. It's usually not infectious right away. It takes a few days for that to happen. And then kids eat dirt. You know, they go out there, they play, and they Mm -hmm. eat that dirt, and that's how they get infected. So a couple ways to prevent um, roundworm or toxicosis in, uh, in kids is to cover sandboxes when they're not in use. Makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. dogs like that. They're going to yeah. go use that for a toilet and you don't want your kid playing in that. Um, and to really discourage your children from eating dirt. It, it's funny, but people think it's cute. <laughs> I know. And it's usually children that are the most susceptible to roundworm. So that's it. I, I think adults probably are too, but we've probably figured out somewhere along the way that dirt eating's not a good idea. Mm. Um, Salmonella is a big deal. It causes a really nasty diarrhea in dogs and in people. And some dogs aren't even very symptomatic for it, but it's also spread in the stool. So um, it's important just when after you pick up the, the fecal sample, which everybody picks up the stool sample, right, after the animal defecates outside. <laughs> um, I'm encouraging <laughs> this. Um so um, when uh, you pick up a stool sample, just wash your hands. And I know we all turn that bag inside out and we don't touch it, but right. who knows? It yeah. just happens. Right. Um, also, big deal with salmonella, raw food diets. People feed raw food diets. And while this isn't typically zoonotic, it's a way that, that people get salmonella because of pets, because mm-hmm. they're preparing these raw food diets and they're not – keeping the bowls and the utensils as clean as they would think of keeping their cutting board that they cut chicken on. So Mm -hmm. just being sure to, you know, running it through the dishwasher every day, using hot water, keeping those feeding areas really, really clean, keeping children under five where they're most susceptible away from the feeding areas is a really good idea. Um, If you can clean the pet's food and water dishes in a separate sink than what you use um, and don't (laughs) – this sounds really silly, but it happens. People bathe infants in kitchen sinks, and that's not a good idea. That's true. 
Yeah, so um, avoid it because there's all kinds of bacteria in, in those sinks. Um, cryptosporidium is another nasty disease that causes, oh, just a painful, horrible diarrhea. I remember in veterinary school seeing one student after another <laughs> develop this condition. And it was really sad. Um, usually it was because they were working with the cattle, um, but you can get it from dogs as well. Um, and it can cause watery diarrhea in people, fever, abdominal cramps, vomit. Vomiting. It's just, mostly it's going to affect people that are immunocompromised or have um, HIV or are living with AIDS. So you need to really be aware of that. If someone's coming to your house that might be immunocompromised, just to make sure that your pet's stool is cleaned up really, really well and that there's nothing in the sink that's um, been, you know, touched with raw food or the dog's been licking. And, you know, even if you're not feeding a raw food diet, let's be real, dogs lick their butts. And then they lick their food dishes. So there can be things that you don't think of that are on those dishes that you're putting into your sink when you're washing them. And then they lick your face. Exactly. And they kiss us and we love it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm going to have to go through life with all these germs. That's the way it goes. (laughs) Just hope for the best. (laughs) I think we have to be you know, sane about it because I don't want to go through life without getting kisses from my dog. And I personally believe it boosts my immune system. (laughs) You know, it's small exposures. That's how I've looked at it too. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, knock on wood, but I get kissed. I'm a dog slut when you really get down to it because I get kissed by unknown dogs all day long and I'm doing all right. I'm just... Yeah, I was I was laughing about uh, uh, some of that. There was, I mean, it really applied to more people like me, you know, who have uh, personal dogs at home and don't treat dogs all day long the way you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was funny because it was like, don't touch any strange dogs. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And it's you like, well, you know, it, people, you need to ask if you can touch them, obviously, but we do all the time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so, absolutely. you know, there's another thing that, again, it, a lot of these, some of diseases aren't zoonotic in that the animal doesn't give it to you, but they increase a person's risk by being in your environment. And one example is Lyme disease. So that's carried by ticks, not by dogs. Mm-hmm. But a dog can go under the, the bushes and get ticks and bring them into the household. So by being aware if you're in an area that has a lot of ticks and putting a preventive on your dog that makes it so the ticks will not attach, mm-hmm. that protects you against something like Lyme disease. It doesn't protect you if you're going to go climb under the bushes, but it does protect you from getting it from your dogs. Um, leptospirosis is another one that I worry about. Um, and now we have an effective vaccine. So it is spread in the urine of wildlife. So people that are going to the mountains or are hiking with their dogs and there's raccoons or deer or any animal urinating in the water source and that dog goes and drinks from that water source, mm-hmm. um, that animal can get lepto. And it's a much more serious disease in a dog than it is in a person. Some dogs have, you know, are fine. They don't get sick from it, but so, some dogs die. They go into liver failure and kidney failure. So if that exposure is there, go to your veterinarian and get that vaccine. Um, but um, if that dog can then urinate out active spores, and for some, if any any reason that gets ingested by a person, um, they can get leptospirosis as well. They get sick, but they don't. It's usually flu-like symptoms. It's not usually as serious as it is in animals. And, and lepto, as well as um distemper and parvo and all these things that shed when dogs 
defecate. And yeah. people don't pick up after their dogs. Right. And, um, and it's a very long-lived process, the six months, a year. Oh, it can live in the environment. Yeah, exactly. And luckily, parvovirus and distemper are not, um, people are not susceptible to them. They're not zoonotic diseases. But as far as dog health is concerned, they can live in the environment for years. And parvo can obviously be fatal. So take care of the other animals in your community and pick up the poop. What about ringworm? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to talk about next. Oh, so, wow. um, <laughs> you're psychic. So, um, ringworm is not a worm. So I get that question a lot. Yeah. What kind of worm? I don't see a worm. It's not a worm. It's a fungal disease. It can be carried by dogs. We see, um, cats are much more susceptible to it than dogs are, but dogs carry it as well. It is spread by direct contact. Some people have a very innate immunity to ringworm and can touch an animal and not have any problem with it, but many people are sensitive to ringworm and it is uncomfortable. It creates a round lesion on people. It itches incredibly. It can get in the scalp and cause hair loss um, and a bald spot, a red rash, and it's super, super uncomfortable. Usually, we see ringworm, if it's in dogs, it's in young dogs or puppies. A lot of times, I deal with ringworm if it's an asymptomatic dog. The dog shows no problems whatsoever, but there's a child at the home that's getting ringworm over and over again, and the pediatrician says, could you ask your veterinarian to treat your dog just in case your dog's a carrier? And I do that sometimes. So children, again, babies, and it's spread by direct contact. Cats get it a lot. It's not fun to treat. It takes six to eight weeks. This organism grows very, very slowly. So it, whenever you have an organism that grows that slowly you, and you're affecting its life cycle, it can take a long time to cure it and get rid of it. Um, I had a question. I, I found when I was looking around that there's no reporting registry, not, not just here in the States, but worldwide for all of these different instances. Right. Uh, yeah. Except for rabies. So yeah. Why is that? <laughs> you know, it's hard to know. I think that it really depends on how pathologic the disease is, how serious the disease is. So mm-hmm. um, something like um, plague it's pretty serious. Mm-hmm. And I think I know all of, all of Colorado has a reporting requirement. I don't know about every other state, but that's probably one that has more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's random and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Some of the diseases like salmonella, you probably never diagnose that. Yeah. People, when they have an upset stomach and um, vomiting or diarrhea for a couple of days, usually don't get tested. They just suffer through it. And Mm -hmm. so there's probably quite a few zoonotic diseases that are being transmitted from dogs to people that we really don't diagnose. We just suffer. (laughs) There's one last thing that I see a lot. So quite quite commonly, I see eye infections in dogs. And if it's a bacterial eye infection, such as um, bacterial conjunctivitis, that is infectious to people. And people forget how infectious pink eye is and they think back to um, elementary school and how uncomfortable that was. If you touch the infection in the dog's eye and then touch your eye, you can definitely get pink eye and mm-hmm. it's not any fun. Um, so m- uh, one kind of rule of thumb is many bacteria are transmissible between people and dogs and very few or uh, very few viruses except for rabies are transmissible between dogs and people. 
we're seeing more and more with avian flu and that type of thing, but for the mm-hmm. most part, that's a general rule. Okay, so as a recap, uh, zoonotic disease from our dogs. So we have rabies, we have leptospirosis. Both of those have vaccines to prevent them, to keep mm-hmm. us and our dogs healthy. Mm-hmm. We have eye infections, which we just talked about. Mm-hmm. We have um, cryptosporidium. We have um, salmonella. Mm-hmm. Um, we have ringworm. Roundworm is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, Giardia we can get from our dogs, but we're much, much, much more likely to get it from drinking from a, a contaminated water source. Mm-hmm. Um, Lyme disease we do not get from our dogs, but we get from ticks that our dogs carry in to us. Mm-hmm. So we want to be aware of that. Um, and those are probably the biggies that I see on a uh, on a regular basis or I'm concerned about on a regular basis. So really it's all about prevention. It is, yes. Mm-hmm. Keeping your hands clean, keeping the dishes clean, dishes the environment clean. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're feeding raw. Yeah. Very, very clean yeah. everything all the time and keep the yeah. kids out of the kitchen while you're doing it. Exactly. The little ones that lick the mm-hmm. floor. And, um, <laughs> or the, stick their fingers in the dog's bowl. Yeah. 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 Um, keeping the um, sandbox covered if they have a, a play box mm-hmm. and not letting your children eat dirt. Um, those prevention is huge. You know, maybe I should touch on um, MRSA. People talk about MRSA a lot. I was going to say, what can we give to our dogs? And I think MRSA's covered in that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's probably the big one on that list. It's methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, which is just a type of bacteria that's resistant to a common antibiotic, and so it's called MRSA. And people get very scared about MRSA because it's it's a resistant bacteria. Um, and what the interesting thing is about MRSA is our dogs can carry MRSA, but MRSA doesn't love dogs. So it's very much more common to see a dog that obtained MRSA from an infected human being than it is for a human being to get MRSA from a dog. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. I had a, a patient come in a couple of months ago, and it was a basset hound with a really horrible infection on her back. And uh, it was it was a third of this dog's back and oozing, and I was like, got the gloves, oh. didn't get near the dog, and yeah. did the whole exam. Um, it was, it was, I ran cultures, and after the whole examination, the owner said, yeah, you know, my wife has MRSA. And I thought, thank oh, you for telling me that. Geez. Wow. <laughs> I'm susceptible too. By the know? way, yeah. <laughs> um, and it did come back as a MRSA infection. So um, the dog was pretty easy to treat. People are harder to treat because MRSA likes to live um, in people's tissues better than dogs' tissues. Um, so yeah, tell your veterinarian if there's some some infectious disease in your household, please. If they have, if you're bringing your dog in for being sick, um, that was a. <laughs> You know, the other thing people ask me about, um, our children, they get recurrent strep throat and, uh, pediatricians often say, check your dog. It's a very similar situation. Strep can live in a dog's throat. They don't get sick from it and mm. the strep doesn't live a long time there. They don't like it very much, but I've cultured several dogs' throats for strep just so we can determine if that's the source of reinfection in, in people, in a child usually. Hmm. Well, what about, uh, flu? Flu, so there, canine influenza is not transmissible to people, and human influenza is not transmissible to dogs. So we don't have to, when you're sick and you're feeling horrible, cuddle up. 
get that love. <laughs> You're not going to get your dog sick in, with, with the flu. A, yeah. Oh, good. Okay. I'm glad. They'll help you heel faster, and they're not. You're not putting your dog at risk. Was there was there anything else? Any? Uh, I'm just. I thought I saw something about tuberculosis. Yeah. You know, it's not common. Um, dogs are actually pretty resistant to tuberculosis. We do see it sometimes, but it's nothing like it is in people. Mm-hmm. And um, so luckily, most of the things that we can give dogs, their bodies say, hey, I might, you know, I might harbor it, but I'm not going to get sick from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because we're, we're having you know, more disease show its face that's uh, zoonotic. Right. And I always wonder how it's going to progress on the other side in terms of what our animals can get from us. You know what it brings up for me, and I think this every single day in practice, is we are wimps. Animals are amazing. Um, Their immune systems, their ability. I mean, you do an ovario hysterectomy, which is a spay, Mm -hmm. and that dog's running the next day. You do it in a first week, you know, and, and I'm not judging. I'm just saying that animals are absolutely amazing, and, mm-hmm. and their immune systems are pretty fabulous. So they're lucky. Thank you so much for coming in and <laughs> straightening out the Ebola thing with, at, the, at the start, for sure. Yeah, no, <laughs> and, no mass panic. We're good. We're yeah, good. yeah, and, and helping us better understand you know, which de- diseases uh, can affect us. Absolutely. My pleasure. It's so important. Thank you for the opportunity to give this information out. And to the audience, thanks for listening.